Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on Peter Massone, who is the general manager of the Tampa Bay Cannons, which is an American Ultimate Disc League team. He is also an advocate for women's sports and steward of the Tampa Bay community. Before becoming the general manager of the Cannons, Peter worked for 10 years behind the scenes in the stage music, theatrical, and studio entertainment world. He is also a project manager of 20 years in the construction industry. Today, we are talking about the types of people you have on your team and how, as you build your team, you will notice that you end up with two types of team members those who work directly with your customers and those who function behind the scenes. Both are essential for moving your business forward and serving your clients. But most of the time, one seems to get very little external recognition because the customers don't really know that they are there. However, as a business owner, you know that both types of team members are important to your company's success and that the show cannot go on without either sets. The question is, How do you ensure all team members feel valued and are motivated? Today, Peter is sharing with us his knowledge of how to build a team from the ground up and how to keep all team members feeling like they are essential no matter their role. Let's jump into the episode. Thank you, Peter, for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Can you start us off with telling everybody about yourself? Hi, Jamie. Well, I am the general manager for the Tampa Bay Cannons. We are a professional ultimate Frisbee team with the American Ultimate Disc League and uh, still growing our uh, footprint within the Tampa Bay community as a new sports franchise. Uh, A little bit more about myself. Uh, I have uh, a background in construction management, as well as uh, stage and theatrical performance uh, management. So seems as though a, a large portion of my life has been about uh, how to coordinate groups and focused on a singular goal, whether it be a small group, uh, a crew, or large bodies of people onto a uh, singular goal and uh, and make uh, uh, a comfortable working environment uh, and to run efficiently. I did not know until I was reading the information that you sent over that you had a background in in theater and all that stuff. So that is something interesting to to learn about. It's uh, it's definitely been a um, a positive uh, reflection on several aspects of my life. Uh, you know, we, uh, we look at the way we move through life and if we're conscious of our steps in life, we're learning lessons on how to build uh, as we go through life. And I feel like I'm always able to reach back into my experience and say, hey, this is like dot, dot, dot. I did a year ago, five years ago, 10, you get the picture. Yeah. And, and I love your, your backgrounds because you go from the, like the theater and stage music and all that to construction. And now you're dealing with a sports team. And if you looked at those just on a piece of paper, you would say, okay, these are three completely different industries. You need to be <laughs> yeah. a completely different person to really excel at them. But one of the things uh-huh. like I like teaching people is you can pull and like, kind of like you said, you can pull from each one. And just because they seem different on paper doesn't mean it's actually different when it comes to leading people in these environments. 
from a high level, you're, of course. Obviously, the day to day is a little different. <laughs> right. Well, you're 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 on target with that. It's I, I would have to say the common thread, and I can I can draw some specific connections between each for you on how one step led to another. But uh, the common thread between all of them is relationship building. Yes. And building quality, uh, uh, productive and supportive relationships is what keeps the machine rolling. No matter if you're, you know, managing a project site or you're building a set for, uh, for a road show or a theatrical production, or if you're putting on, uh, if, if you're planning game day for a sporting event. Uh, they're all something that's coordinated and based on time. Yes. Yeah, no, I see that because you, know, you think with everything in the, the theatrical side, the end result mm -hmm. that the consumer sees is a performance or a show or something like that. When it's construction, people are seeing that once again, end result, and then sports, they're there yep. watching that sports thing, that end result. And so from the leadership side, you're dealing with all the moving pieces to get to that end result that the customer is going to enjoy. And that customer's never gonna know everything that went on the backgrounds, but you're Correct. doing a lot to get there. Correct, and in most cases that is the case of, to use that old adage, you don't wanna know how they make the sausage, you just want the <laughs> sausage on the grill, you know, <laughs> or something to that effect. But uh, I'm in in my world, I'm, I'm or, I should say, not necessarily in my world, but for me, I like to share how things are done and help those around me understand the process. Uh, but yes, at the end of the day, no matter what, no matter what theater we're working in, construction, sports, the theater, it's the smile on the people's face at the end uh, that we're is, uh, is, is what tells us we did a good job. Speaking of the smile on the face at the end. So when it comes to sports, a lot of people, when they think of sports teams, they think of the players on the field and they think of their coaches. Uh -huh. But there's a whole nother team of people that go into putting together that end result. And I guess the same can be said for the theater as well. You see the people on stage, you're not always seeing the people off the stage. So how Correct. do you keep the internal background support going and motivated and really striving towards that end result when they might not be getting the same public recognition? You know, that's an excellent question. And uh, specifically with a sports team, everybody needs to understand no matter who they are, what, what role they are uh, performing on the staff within the team. They are part of the team. So everybody, no matter if you're Andrew Roney, who's the uh, known as the number one guy on our roster, our, the face of our team, or if you're Coach Roca, our head coach, or you're our social media person, they understand that they are a canon. And part of what they do is what makes us all successful as a unit. Yeah, I like that. So they really see that, you know, the show can't go on without the work that they do. So you bring a lot of that internal recognition into things. Right. Yep, 100%. And even, even the volunteers that we get out at the games uh, and – uh, I'm usually the one that ends up engaging the volunteers uh, uh, when they arrive at the field and just prior to uh, opening the gates. And I like to get them all around and give them that coach's pep talk like Coach Roca would give to the team or Coach Amanda would give to the team. I like to give our volunteers that pep talk and pull them all in and give them that sense of pride and ownership that today you are a canon whether we if you ever volunteer again or not you are a canon us winning today counts on you 
being here for the team. And uh, there's usually a lot more goes into it. And, you know, you get them all hyped up and excited. Yeah, it's really about bringing everybody into that excitement that no, right. no team member, whether volunteered, you know, behind the scenes or on the fields is less important than anybody else. They're all, they all matter. Correct. I do find what you said interesting, though, because like one of the things that stand out to me is like you're the general manager of this team, but yet you're going day of working directly with the volunteers. And I love how that shows is like, especially right now, you're a smaller organization that's building that you're going to jump in and do what needs to get done in order for things to go off as they needed, that there's there's no thing that's beneath you, really, as the leader. No, absolutely not. And there, there isn't. Uh, if, if somebody needs to run water out to the players and I'm the one standing there, I grab the water and do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's there that no matter what the case, and especially when you're in sports, the show must go on and everything you do matters. Right. And and yes, I, I, as you point out, yes, we are at the infancy of our team and our organization. So it's ever more important for everybody to understand they need to jump in everywhere as needed. But I really don't want to lose uh, uh, grasp of that. I enjoy being a part of it. As a matter of fact, I prefer I. Once upon a time in this, in the, in the uh, lifetime of this team, I was on the coaching staff, which is what I really enjoy. Um, but I don't want to lose that connection with our community. And I always want to be on, you know, at, at ground level to no, no matter how popular and how successful our team in this sport gets, I always want to be at ground level. Right. Speaking of that, one of the things I always tell small businesses when they're really trying to grow is get involved with the community. Do things to build your employer brand so people mm-hmm. are are familiar with you. Now, yeah. as, as a sports franchise, you kind of have a different it, – it's a little different there because – your whole thing is to be in front of the community to put on you know events like for the community to put on have the community be coming to your things where other businesses they're not as i would say showy when it comes to the work that they do but they still want to get involved in the community so what were, do you have any like things that have worked for you any tips about how people can go and really make a difference in the in the community the day to day outside of the products or services that they typically offer Oh, wow. That's a deep question, actually. (laughs) Um, Well, as as you know, for us being uh, part of the DNA of our team is to be a good steward to our community. Um, And whether that's being involved with some national organizations like Habitat or Big Brothers, Big Sisters, or um, American Cancer Society, or if it's a met, or if it's just being involved with some of our uh, local Tampa Bay area organizations, we want to. Uh, we have anybody that joins our organization knows that being part of our organization is volunteering your time. And volunteering your time, whether it be with a uh, a a, a Cannons uh, uh, affiliate organization that we're partnered with, or if it's something that you're doing on your own, if it's maybe you want to be part of a community garden because it's specific to your neighborhood, and and the the kids that are part of that community garden are learning some. Uh, 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 important uh, tools in their life to grow vegetables and flowers and that uh, that they can actually put on the table and and you know they're, they're learning good life skills so uh, to try to sum up that long um, 
descriptive is uh, I, I would encourage anybody within your community to, uh, or excuse me, not w uh, within your organization to get involved in their community. If the organization can pick one to three uh, uh, companies or, or community uh, uh, charities to be involved with, uh, I would highly recommend that because it, it helps create a team focus on, hey, we're all going to do the pancreatic cancer walk in February, or we're going to do the, the pink walk in, in October, because we all have uh, somebody in our family that was touched by cancer, and whether it be us personally, our loved, or in our direct family unit or somewhere, Somebody can connect with that, and you can get that personal pride out of your out of your staff and that focused goal to doing something good to help your neighbors. Um, Say, I love and, that. Uh, I love that the fact that it's like not only are you giving back to the community, you're doing that that team building, team involvement with it. So it's kind of like you're, right. you're doing two things at once. Not only are you out there showing your your business and your company to the community, you're supporting the community, you're getting people out of right. the office and together and building those deeper relationships, going back to right. this, one of the main important things is relationship building. Right, well, and the most important relationships you have to build are the ones that are underneath your own roof. Yes. If if you're not a functional unit under your own roof, it's useless. Whatever you project, whatever you project outside or do outside is useless. If you're not a functional unit under your own roof, so building that team under your own roof and then radiating out from there and extending that that positive energy within your community and making the community a part of your team is is important yeah. um and uh that's like i say that's why we have made stewardship a part of the dna of our organization and i highly recommend any organization doing that no matter how small or especially the big ones but no matter how small uh, the organization is speaking of building your team so with the cannons you guys are a newer sports franchise, so you mentioned volunteers. Mm -hmm. You have your athletes. Yep. As you've been growing the team and been growing the franchise, how have you been going about like building some of like your back office team versus like figuring out what you need versus what would be nice to have? <laughs> I want them all now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Yes. Uh well, um, yeah, that is a, that is a difficult question to answer uh, with one blanket answer. Uh, with our, when the opportunity was presented to us to bring the team from Jacksonville to the Tampa Bay area, uh, it was essentially rebuilding what we had. We weren't necessarily able to pick up the whole thing and just plop it over here and and the whole infrastructure was in place. Um, mine, we, we basically had to rebuild from the ground up. Uh, so part of that Part of that infrastructure uh, or the foundation of that infrastructure was defining uh, what our coaching staff was, uh, you know, who would be staying from the Jacksonville version and uh, who and who was not. Uh, then the uh, the ownership group of the team was fantastic. Uh, they all picked roles within the team that they already do in their daily life. So it was easy for that transition to, uh, they weren't doing something that they don't, that they don't normally do. So it's, it's easy for them to go between their day job 
and their day life, what they do to what their role is for the cannons. Um, after that, it was myself, the coaches, and the ownership group sitting down and, and really building the, the master org chart, which is a living document because as you go through each season and sometime each month, you realize, Ooh, we need this. We need this, somebody to fill this role someday. So I highly recommend you build your org chart. You build your dream org chart. Um, and obviously you fit into the, places on that org chart, the people that currently handle those roles, whether they be a semi-permanent role or a, or a uh, temporary role until such a time as you find somebody to fill that role. Um, after that, it's, it's really just come down to, uh, for me personally, meeting people through networking, finding people that uh, are already have that skill set, uh, seeing if they are interested in fitting with the team and see if we can fit them into one of those roles and then going from there. Now, with your staff, do you have full-time staff or is it all or is it pretty much everyone doing their day job and then helping out with this on the side? For everybody right now, this is dominantly a passion project. Everybody has full-time jobs, including the athletes um, and uh, including myself. <laughs> um, and uh, with, this is our uh, added responsibility, our role uh, on the team for what we do. I I love that. And it goes to show everybody that you know, some, I know some people that are like, well, I only need someone a few hours a day or a few hours a week or a few hours a month. And they're like, oh, I just mm -hmm. don't know. And it's like, you can still build around having this, this part-time staff, having people that are doing something else where your business isn't their only focus. And I love that you're able to build a sports franchise around people that are just really passionate about it. Cause you're finding the right people. They're drawn to what you guys are doing. They want to be a part of building this from the ground up. You know, you, you, have, you hit the nail on the head from that perspective. It is a lot of people that want to be part of it from the ground up. Uh, they're committed to it. Uh, you know, the, the little bit of money that everybody draws from this is superfluous to the fact that they want to see it successful. Yes. Um, and potentially to the point to where it's their only job. <laughs> right. Yes, I love that. And as you mentioned, like you're still in construction. A lot of the owners, mm -hmm. they were helping you guys with stuff, but still have their day jobs. So what tips or advice would you have for anybody who in their business right now, they're thinking about opening a second location or a side project, but they're worried about not being able to be a hundred percent focused on all of it all the time. So how do you balance it? That I, I, I'm, I try to answer that question on a daily basis. <laughs> balance is one of one, one of my biggest downfalls is, is I'm a workaholic and I will literally work myself until I fall asleep on a keyboard. So, um, however, I recognize it and I'm constantly trying to find that balance. As far as what I, what I try to instill in my, I, I frequently say to my staff uh, and anybody of, of what we do, I won't ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing to do myself is number one. And number, number two is I ask of people especially with the, with the cannons and understanding the dynamics that this is part-time or, uh, you know, an added part of their either daily life or seasonal life. Only commit what you 100% feel like you can commit to the team. Is if you don't, don't promise more than you're able to commit. And, we understand that 
life happens, but here's the role. Tell me how much of that role you can fill. If you can fill 100% of that role, then I expect 100% of you. You can give 110, don't give 99. Right. You know, and, and that's, that would be, and I, I may have slid off topic a little bit on that. But, no, I uh, like that. Because I was going to say, two things, there's two things from that I want to dig more into, or at least uh, say something about, is with that, because people would be like, okay, well, that's maybe talking more about, like, my team members, but if I'm hiring someone and paying someone, they obviously need to give 100%. But I would say oh, for, yeah. for a business owner, the thing that you can take away from that is, let's say you want to start this side hustle or you want to start this, this, this second location. You need to figure out and make a plan for how much time you're going to dedicate to each one. If for a side hustle, you're going to say, I can spend 10 hours a week make sure you can actually spend 10 hours a week on that project, on that focus. If you spend 12 right. hours a week, great. But if you're going to sit there and say, well, every week now that I did it, I only spent five hours and now it's not moving anywhere. Like you, it's because you didn't spend the time that you were telling yourself you were going to. So I feel like that right. that's a very good point of figure out what time commitment you have and then stick to it. Right. And I, and and for myself, I, I have done that. I have a bad tendency of exceeding it way too much to the point that the others around me expect me to exceed it all the time. <laughs> but again, I, that's what I do for me. I treat others different. So yes, if, 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 I have a task or a, or a role and somebody's going to promise me 10 hours, uh, whether it be, you know, weekly or monthly to that, I won't ask for more. If you start giving me 11 on a consistent basis, we may have to come back and say, Hey, so is 11 going to be the norm now? Or should we still just expect 10? You know? Right. And, but uh, yeah, no, don't, 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 Never, never expect more from somebody than you're willing to do yourself and, and don't expect more from them than they're willing to give. So in your scenario of, of building that side hustle or, or opening that second location, um, if it comes down to the point that you're able to actually hire full-time people and by all means, be very critical. If somebody is not filling the role, be fast to fire, <laughs> slow to hire, fast to fire. Um, give you know, give people an opportunity to to make a mistake and and rebound from it. But you know, if you don't feel like they're going to rebound and it's just a consistent scenario, then they're they're not just failing themselves; they're failing your ultimate goals. Right. And you know, your, your responsibility to your ultimate goals is probably greater than just what you want to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. I always say when it comes to performance and people not meeting your expectations is you need a method where you're evaluating performance, measuring it. So that way it's not just subjective. I don't think this person's meeting it that you actually know. And then giving them a, like communicating that they're not meeting performance and giving them opportunity, like you said, to do better and rebound. But if they're not, if they, they're proving to you that it's not possible, yeah, you need to get right. rid of them. You're not here to give money and pay people to do subpar performance all the time. But give them a chance to improve and then cut your, cut your losses if you have to. Yeah. Now you got to be willing to cut your losses because uh, especially if, Let's say you are opening that second location. Well, that means that that second location directly reflects on your original location. Yes. And how many people do you have under the roof of that original location? Mm -hmm. And if somebody is not performing in your second location, they're hurting the, the, the team that's under the overall umbrella. Right. Exactly. 
one of the things that I want to go back to that you just recently said was when it came to the employees, if you're if they commit to 10 hours and then they're giving you 11, then go back and ask, is 11 the new norm? Can you they take 11 hours of work? And I love the way that you phrase that, because it once it goes back to that relationship building and also having like mm. those open communication with your team members, it's like, don't just assume that 11 hours is the new norm go and have a conversation mm -hmm. about it. You know, build that, those relationships, you know, find out, learn. Maybe 11 was the new norm because for whatever reason, for a short period of time, they could do 11 hours, but things are gonna go back to normal. And so next week they can only do 10, or maybe you're gonna talk to them and find out that, yeah, they can give you 11 hours every week versus the 10. And now that's four to five hours additional a month that you get value out of. Right. Yeah. And, and, and for us being a quasi seasonal, uh, uh, business, uh, those people that are only involved with us during the, uh, the quote season, uh, I do have that conversation with them leading up to the season of, so what are our expectations for this season? And uh, are we looking at the same, more, less, you know, I, I don't want to assume because it is a, for, for some of our staff, a seasonal job. I don't want to assume season to season that it's always going to be reset the button and, and go again. So, yeah. and having that dialogue is definitely important. And you will find out if you, as, uh, as that person in leadership, you open that conversation with those people, it usually ends up relaxing them and they'll be a lot more open with you and say, well, you know, I did have something coming that I, I really should talk to you about. Right. And you know, as the leader, it's always better to know, know yes. about those things than having that employee or that team member just holding it all in and being afraid of it to come up in the, at the wrong time or so. Right. Yeah, that's great. And, and for me, and I, I feel like this is the case, prob probably the case for a lot of people in, in management or in leadership, um, I, I am fully aware of this about myself. Um, once, uh, once the light goes on, I'm very structured and intense, and I realize that that's can be intimidating to people um and because of that i also understand i need to come back around after the lights go back off and reconnect with our staff and and give them that physical or verbal pat on the back we all did a good job yada 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 you know and we're we're constantly uh evaluating how we did, how we can do better, you know, what other things can we do? And uh, I always want to maintain that open dialogue with everybody, no matter who they are with our organization. Right. Now, that kind of leads right into something else I wanted to circle back on. You mm -hmm. had made the comments that you don't ask any of your team members to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself. But you also made yeah. comment that you're a workaholic. And sometimes yeah. like you just want to get it all done. So do you ever find yourself because you're like, well, I, I can just do it myself. So let me just do it myself that you're not delegating things that you should. Constantly. And what are you doing Constantly. to overcome that? Um, I have, I frequently remind those around me that uh, there are things that need to be done. And if you want to do it, please just grab it and do it don't always wait for me to ask. Um, and uh, I am part of learning, learning our, our management structure in our team and learning those people within our team, uh, some of which I've known for a very long time and some only for three years. You learn the people that are willing to take initiative and the others that are, hey, I'm here to do my role and that's it. Don't ask me to do anything else. Um, and, uh, I am, uh, 
learning how to to throw up those uh, uh, those warning flares more of when I need help. Um, and uh, it's you you you're you are caught. <laughs> It's funny is you're, you're, you're actually calling me out on something that I'm horrible with. <laughs> so yes, I will frequently sit up way late at night doing things that I know somebody else can do and I know it needs to be done and I, and I want it done now and I can't wait for it to get done. And I, I just, I will, I will work myself into a, into the bone to get it done. Um, so I have just uh, it, it, I, I have learned to just communicate more with my with our coaching staff and management team and on what what needs to be done and and try to uh, um, uh, express that I need help. Yeah, and it's one of those things like delegation is so hard for so many business owners and leaders, especially when you're starting small and then growing your yeah. team because you're used to doing it and you're used to having to do it because you don't have the, the people there to help you. And then we right. just get in these habits and it's so hard to get over the habits that we, that we created, especially when we're like, well, doing it got me here. So I might as well just do it and just keep doing it. So yeah, right. delegation is right. hard. Well, then I will, uh, I'll throw you a, a more positive question. What have been some of your visit, visit, ugh, excuse me, if I can get the word out, biggest <laughs> leadership successes since starting the cannons or bringing the cannons to the Tampa Bay area. Wow. Leadership successes. Um, I'm not sure how to define that. Uh, uh, I, for me, wow. Um, <laughs> So many things are rolling through my mind right now, <laughs> and uh, um, I, I, I am there. There's so many things that I'm happy with, and I don't feel like I can take credit for any of it, um, other than connecting the dots. Um, we have a fantastic coaching staff of great people great, just good hearted humans that are, that are willing to work for each other and for their team and for their community. And the only thing that I could, uh, the only thing that I could take any bit of, of, uh, of, of, uh, credit for I would say is merely just being outspoken to allow people to know that we're here to be able to connect those dots and get those people to talk to each other to uh, want to work with each other um, but um, on a on a personal canons basis I would have to say my my uh, the our biggest success as an organization to date, the ones that mean the most to me that have uh, impacted me was is our commitment number one to promoting women in sports. Uh, each year so far, we've had uh, some uh, college and uh, amateur women's teams play scrimmages during our halftime so we can spotlight the fact that women play our sport awesome. and they're damn good at it and they are fantastic at it yeah that's good um and we want we want more young you know little girls to see that we want them to see them as their role models and understand that hey i can do that and darn it, I can do anything I want to do. Um, the other big thing that uh, that that really uh, hits my heart was um, 
going back to our volunteer group, uh, one of the connections that we made last year was with Habitat for Humanity. And uh, we became a volunteer hub. Uh, um, Habitat recipients need to uh, perform a minimum of 300 community service hours to qualify for the program. And we were able to engage a lot of the Habitat uh, families to volunteer with us. Um, that little spark right there of just wanting to be connected with a part of our community uh, really kind of turned into a monster on its own that uh, earlier this year, I realized the full turnaround of when the first family that ever volunteered with us unlocked the door. Excuse me. They unlocked the door with the keys to their new home. Oh. And uh, that family is, uh, they, they, were our, they were our first volunteer family. They've become a Canons family. Uh, they've, they invited us to the uh, dedication of their home. And knowing that our mere existence was something that aided them in achieving a part of the American dream, home ownership. It just is incredible. So um, so yeah, uh, that one, if I had to pick any one thing, that, that would be the, uh, the, the highlight. I would say that is definitely a great leadership success that you were able to to achieve. Yeah, and and just go even going back to some of the other ones that you share. Sometimes that's the true sign of a leader where you bring people in because of their greatness, and then you allow them to work in their greatness. That you know, when it comes to the coaches, that you're bringing on and connecting the right people so they can do their job. And you don't have to be there overseeing and micromanaging and doing everything that they're doing. So that shows oh, you know, yeah. great leadership success as well, that you're allowing people to excel in their zone of genius and knowing that you don't have to be involved on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, that you can go and focus elsewhere. Uh, 100% on that perspective. I, Although I am invited in on the coaches' meetings, uh, only for a matter of me just being in the loop. Uh, sometimes they need to ask questions of me regarding some of the uh, the back end uh, of uh, the organization and the AUDL as a whole. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I'm hands off over there. What happens? What, what goes on inside the lines between the coaches and the, and the players is 100% their, their show. Awesome. Anything that I do is garnish. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep up the good work, being able to contribute to the community and put the team together. I'm excited to see how it grows within, the, within our area. So before we wrap up today, so for those who are local and want to either get in touch with the Canons or anybody else who's just now interested to learn more about the league, how can they learn more and how can people get in touch with you? Uh, well, uh, we have this little thing called social media. <laughs> <laughs> Such a and, little thing. Uh, a little thing. Uh, so we are on uh, all the typical platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, coming TikTok, uh, all under really difficult handle, Tampa Bay Cannons. <laughs> <laughs> all of them are exactly the same. So that, so little, little business note right there, keep your brand consistent. Tampa Bay Cannons. It's it's all consistent throughout. Our website is tampabaycannons.com. Uh, and uh, 
And uh, if uh, you want some general info about the team uh, or to connect with me or our marketing department, uh, look in the season tickets or uh, getting uh, want to partner with the team, you can email us to Tampa Bay Cannons at gmail.com. All right. And I will be sure, oh, excuse me, I'll be sure to share those in the show notes as well. Um, so everyone can go and follow you and stay up to date on the season and all the great stuff you guys are doing for the community. So before we end today, I have one more question that I like to ask everybody. So we've all had leaders or bosses in our past that have made an impact on us that really stood out as great leaders. So can you share with us, you know, the, the best leader or boss that that you've had the experience to work with and one great quality about them? Best leader or boss. Um, you know, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of positive influences on my life, whether they be uh, uh, people in the professional world or my, my uncles uh, that all had truckloads of wisdom to part on the, on the generation that was ours. Um, as far as one thing that has stayed with me consistently, and since, uh, and, I, and, I, and I won't say the particular person, but it was, he was a crew leader uh, back when I was in uh, stage and lighting production and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you a little uh, timeline to press it to was I was working on the George Michael Faith tour, um, and it was a stadium tour, and I had picked up a very bad habit that this crew leader corrected me, and I used to say I have a problem. And he looked at me confused. And he said, no, you don't. I went, yeah, I need to dot that, you know, uh-uh. He stopped me in my tracks. He said, we don't have any problems around here. We only have solutions yet to be identified. And that simple statement has stuck with me the rest of my life. And I employ that philosophy in everything I have done ever okay. since. I love it. Yeah. I would, and it's kind of something that I would do with my teams as well. You know, I would say, don't bring me a problem unless you've already worked something to the solution. And if you haven't figured out the solution yet, you still need to present to me what you've done. So I know you actually did something to come up with the solution. <laughs> so a hundred percent. And that, Eventually, I developed into that same uh, same uh, uh, um, methodology as well in in the construction world. There's always things that are going to happen in the construction world, and and uh, when I talk to people out on our project sites, I ask them, just don't tell me there's something wrong. Please come to me with some options on what we can do to get past it. Well, that brings us to the end. So thank you, Peter, so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you for having me, Jamie. I appreciate it. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Is lack of time holding you back from scaling your business? Do you feel like every day there seems to be more work to do than you have time to dedicate? Between client work, running the business, marketing your business, and all the other back-end admin tasks on your plate, it feels like you're in a constant juggling act where balls are starting to fall or you fear that they will soon. You're reaching your capacity and you know that you cannot keep working like this. Maybe you're dreaming of the days where you can focus on your zone of genius instead of being stuck doing all the things in your business. And maybe you long for working fewer hours, but still being able to grow your revenue and your take-home pay. You might be thinking that long hours and being overworked is just a part of running a business. But when you're feeling this way in your business, typically it's actually a sign that you need to hire help. 
Of course, hiring any new team member is a big step. And you most likely have questions like, is it the right time to hire someone? What exactly would this new team member do for me? And is hiring even worth the cost? And all these questions are normal. You're not abnormal for having these questions that you want answers to before you move forward with hiring a team member. That is why during the month of May, I am offering preparing to hire sessions where we will dig into your business, what's actually going on and determine if it's the right time for your business to hire a team member, what tasks you need to get off your plates to give you back the time you need and produce the best financial ROI. We'll also look into the roles and responsibilities of the new team member so you can be clear and confident on who to hire. These are just some of the things we can dig into during a preparing to hire session. So for the month of May, you can book a preparing to hire session where we will dig in to determine if it's the right time to hire and what that position should look like. We will help you move forward so you can make the right hiring decisions for your business instead of holding back if hiring is the right thing for you or moving forward with the wrong team member who's going to drag your business down instead of lift it up and move it forward. Once again, these sessions are currently only being offered during the month of May. So if you want one of these preparing to hire sessions, act today. Go to jamievc.com preparing dash to dash hire and book your session. And that link will be in the show notes. Remember, these sessions are only being offered in the month of May. So if you want one of these sessions, make sure you go and book today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.